Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Matt and Joy Thayer. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it's Monday, June 27th in the year 2022. And tonight we have a great interview with Matt and Joy Thayer, who are the director and producer of a new movie called Selection Code, which Mike Lindell mentioned last Friday on his interview. He's funded the film, and it features Laura Logan in a deep investigative journalist piece looking at some very dark and ugly sides of these machines and the rigging of an American election system. That movie's due out in August and so it's really great to have them on at this point in time. You're going to get a kind of a little prelude to what's coming in the film. Before we begin, make sure that you have taken care of all the good sleep products you could possibly ever have and dream of. And the only place to get those great, fantastic, patriot-run and loved products is MyPillow.com. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's the place where you will find the great savings, great place to spend your wonderful money your hard-earned money to get great quality products. And at the same time, with every dollar you spend, you are supporting literally the revolution that Mike Lindell and has helped fund for so many across this nation. We are in a real war right now. And part of that is to ensure that we support the war, but also equally that you support and get products for your own health. And sleep is critical in this time with all the mental stress that they're trying to put on everybody. So you can check out the MyPillow Classic that's on sale right now for $19.98. The Giza Cotton Sheets, buy one, get one free. We even have the new new sold ultra, all-terrain four-wheel drive <laughs> My Slippers. I'm going to have to get a pair of those, put them in the Jeep and see what happens. I may not even need a key. I might just like start up and I'll start climbing mountains. All these great things you're going to have over there. And all sorts of amazing products for your bedroom, your bath, and your home. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And of course, anytime you want to speak to a real person, MyPillow has regular Patriot Pillow counselors on standby ready to assist you. You just call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Use your promo code Bards and away you go and you'll get totally set up and you'll be a happy camper at the end. So, Patriots, this is going to be a week we're going to focus a lot, and we started with Friday, actually, but this week we're going to focus a lot on the continued look at election 2020. We're being ramrodded into this idea that we need to jump into election 2022, and we haven't fixed election 2020 yet. This is a dangerous path we're on, and as a nation, we can't afford to move forward with another election. I don't care how many people are pushing the vote until we fix 2020. A lot of what's been happening this summer are the big releases of films to make people aware. Of course, we had 2,000 Mules, which opened people's minds up and literally changed their perspective to make them understand that for real, we have had an election that was rigged. Now, Selection Code is going to get into a lot of the dark sides of the Dominion machines. 
and other things that are going on behind that, the scenes there to rig the election digitally. And there's more coming out through the summer. It is critical that we fight for the retrieval or the reset of 2020. The darkest part that we live in right now is we have to come to the realization that our elections, for the most part, for the last 50 years have been rigged. And any election that they needed, they fixed and put somebody in and gave us the perception that we were actually voting for somebody. It's a sick and dark world. And essentially, the United States has been hijacked and run by a corporate cabal of mafioso-type figures, a criminal element that has been working together very much like the James Bond Spectra organization. Now, tonight we're going to have Matt and Joy Thayer, who I, I just love. They're, they're a couple that shares the same passion, and this is rare in itself. They literally walk a path with God. They're a wonderful couple. They were at Bards Fest. Matt is, and Joy have also been doing the Great Awakening series and just are really just a wonderful couple that share a passion and a love for God and a love for country. And just a footnote on this, and then tomorrow night and the night after, we're doing a two-part show, two-part series, I guess you'd say, or two different shows, but same interview with Juan O'Saven. I interviewed him yesterday, two hours and two hours and a half or so. And Juan is going to get into some really d- deep into the vote system and what he's been doing with his teams to help preserve the vote and reset the vote in the United States. There's a lot going on. A lot of players coming together, doing different things, all working towards the same goal. We've got to reset 2020. And that means even for ourselves, we have to continue to push that message constantly and help wake people up. So without further ado, let me bring on Matt and Joy Thayer. I think you're going to love this interview. Wonderful couple and just a really great passion in this new film, Selection Code, that they're, they're directing and producing. Patriots, I am really honored today to have Matt and Joy Thayer on, and they have just finished the film or are just finishing the film, a new film on the vote that Mike Lindell has backed, and I'm going to let them talk about that. And so, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Yeah. Thanks for having us on, Scott. This is yeah. uh, such an honor. I mean, you know, uh, uh, first, you know, what was uh, what they say at uh, longtime listener, first time caller, right? So, like, <laughs> <laughs> my schedule's been crazy, and unfortunately, I didn't get you on sooner. But I'm really happy to have you on today. It's just a real honor. So, let's talk a little bit about the film you're working on now, and then let's also talk about the bigger, bigger framework of what you're doing in these films because these are significant that you're creating. It, it's been, it's just been such a God journey. God just keeps, yeah. you know, uh, putting these opportunities out in front of us and just feels like David going up against Goliath. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're working on selection code, uh, that Mike Lindell has been talking about and, and, uh, partnering up with Laura Logan. Laura Logan's been, you know, obviously the, the, you know, the head journalist and researcher yeah. and, and we've been um, just doing our best. For, to, for anybody that hasn't heard of Laura Logan, yeah. which I'm surprised if you haven't, but if you haven't, you know, she's a 30 year journalist that has got 12 Emmys from uh, 60 Minutes. She's been over in Afghanistan. She's done all kinds of pretty, you know, life threatening journalistic ventures. And yeah. she says uh, to date that this is probably the most intimidating project she's ever worked on. Yeah. Wow. So what, what would bring that about? Is it the, the threats or is it the scope? What are we dealing with? Well, I mean, because honestly, the, the, the election, uh, the election machines and the whole election apparatus, mm-hmm. 
um, well, as I've begun to dig, dig into it deeper with with Laura, uh, this is the thing that they can't let out. This is the thing that they have to control because it's the thing that controls everything else. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we're looking into this and and you know, really finding out that uh, our elections have on some degree or another have been manipulated for about 50 years or more on, on, uh, both, by, sides. By, on both sides by you machines. Know. And so this is this is what they can't let out. Mm -hmm. So um, so she's realizes that, you know, it's I mean, it's because it's, again, it's like it, we, we live in, a, in an increasingly uh, digital world. Uh, and so the threat of um, the threat of being canceled or marginalized or, you know, like, you, you know, everything that you've done online being evaporated, it really is kind of similar to, you know, Nazi Germany, where it's like they would just, you know, kill you outright. But now they can just kill you digitally and you can disappear. Or both. And then also, you know, now because of all of the stuff happening around a particular day that happened in January, uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, you know, there's increasingly more threats where they're weaponizing certain, um, you know, certain agencies in the federal government to uh, to come to after to, be intimidating. Uh, to come after we the people and to come out uh, against people that are actually trying to, you know, uh, spread the truth about this and uncover all of this nonsense. Mm -hmm. And if they're not if they're not intimidating with with that you know legal actions that way you, you know these people are uh, suing everybody and mm -hmm. so if people don't have don't want to be sued and they don't have the finances to be sued so they're using bully bullying and intimidation tactics so that people won't look into anything or they won't research it and they won't yeah. speak up about it yep. you know as you're starting to discuss or describe this I mean this is. I think this would be one of the most shocking things for many Americans to have to come to grips with the fact that the entire political system was an orchestrated show mm -hmm. and the vote was simply there to pacify and to give the illusion of a choice in a republic. Is that fair? Yeah. Absolutely fair. And I Absolutely think that fair. what we're discovering also is any anybody anybody that's in a political position, any AG that wants to speak out about it, you know, they're threatening to disbar them, they're threatening all this stuff. And so the people that are in a position of authority have a different kind of threat and intimidation than those that are speaking up. So it's really the it the the spider web of the the whole system is just it, it's deep. How corrupt is this? When I say this, I mean, we're, we're witnessing on the outside. It seems like almost every bit of our government now has been weaponized against the people. Is that fairly accurate? Yep, that's fairly accurate um, because, yeah, and, and they've used these machines and they've used these algorithms and they've used these things for years uh, to, to whether they're controlling the tabulation machines mm -hmm. uh, that actually count the votes and actually kind of regulate you know, between so the, the voter rolls to the, the reporting uh, to uh, to the way that they like, for example, I mean, everybody remembers when they called Arizona for Biden, you know, that was such a mate, you know, so like that even weaponizing the media and the way that they're reporting things to the electronic poll books, to the way that they're inflating voter rolls intentionally to I mean, it's all this kind of very interconnected you know, thing. And so the documentary that we're working on is really just one facet, you know, mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the mosaic of voter fraud, because it's like 2000 mules came out mm -hmm. and pointed at the fact that there was actually, you know, these ballot trafficking uh, organizations happening. And that just kind of just blew up in the sense that people recognized 
like, wow, like how can you argue with the fact that the same technology that you're using to, to, to monitor your DoorDash delivery is the same technology that they're using to track these guys? It's kind of hard to dispute but regardless wait, of whatever Bill Barr that, says. That stuff works. No, right, exactly. Regardless of what Bill Barr <laughs> says, you know, it's like it's like this stuff, like it, it was it, it kind of pointed to something that people could go, wait a minute, I understand that. And um, and so like the documentary that we're working on really follows Tina Peters story in Mesa County and how she took forensic images of the uh, the EMS server from Dominion in her uh, in her county uh, before, before and after and an update and uh, and what that revealed to us and and then kind of like taking off from there. And so it's hopefully so it's it, what's interesting about it is that it's not that it's stuff that's like not already available like most of the stuff that we're covering is already readily available um or has been um uh has been distributed um you know in in legal you know um legal settings and things like that but like for example like when Catherine engelbright and, and greg phillips were going around you know sharing all of this stuff prior to the movie coming out they were meeting with legislatures they were presenting all of this right. and so people that were paying attention already knew i mean i watched 2000 mules and it didn't it didn't tell me anything new that i didn't already know but i'd been paying attention to this stuff and the power of documentaries is that we can take all of that and really put it into uh, a consolidated form and with somebody like laura really vet it so that people go wow like i can mm -hmm. trust this and now the next day they're talking about it around the water cooler did you and see this it and they're and they're starting to you know and it's and it's just that other way that we can use that particular um, you know, I, I, I hate to use the words weapons, but you know what I mean? That, 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 that particular tool resource. and that particular resource of documentaries in this overarching, you know, information or media war, mm -hmm. which, you know, you got, you've got your podcast. There's other people that are doing really good citizen journalist type stuff and things like that. But not everybody has the opportunity to either go to one of these symposiums or to actually listen to hours and hours worth of po podcasts to get context. And mm -hmm. so having these documentaries come out with somebody, you know, like Laura Logan, who's already widely trusted on both sides of the aisle, right. um, I think it's going to really explode out, you know, and people are going to go, whoa, uh, we don't want these machines anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we don't need technology to simply count paper. We can do that by hand and we can do that, you know, on the precinct level under surveillance. And that's what we're hoping that will, you know, a lot of people will see this film and start, you know, re realizing that that's what they can do to fix this. Yeah. How did this project come about? Because this is quite an interesting connection of pieces because you have Mike Lindell yeah. who's backing it, Laura Logan, and I mean, it speaks a lot towards the work that you've already done. So maybe you want to touch on that a little bit and then get into that. Well, yeah, so, so uh, um, yeah, I originated uh, with Laura and, and Mike and, and then, um, you know, originally it was supposed to be just a, a piece about uh, Tina. And, you know, so Tina Peters is a county clerk up in Mesa County. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know. Yeah. And so her, her, I mean, she, after she took the images of the Dominion server and went up against the Secretary of State and started um, actually producing reports about what they were finding inside by analyzing these two images, um, her, her home was FBI, was raided by the FBI. She was barred from, by the Secretary of State from, um from actually conduct helping to actually overseeing elections in her county which is part of her job now yeah, um, people need to understand why she did the forensic uh, i will in a second we will well. yeah so anyway so she uh but anyway so following tina peter's story and what kind of like just the gestapo tactics that she was um facing 
And then um, as we started to uncover it, I mean, I was only originally supposed to be just the editor and just kind of editing like a 25 to 30 minute piece. Uh, and uh, and then all of a sudden it just kind of started to mushroom and to build. And now it's going to be a yeah. full fledged documentary that um, that I'm directing and then Joy is helping to produce. And uh, we've got another, you know, another team that we're working with. And um, so, yeah, it, it just kind of it just kind of grew um, based off of all of the research that Laura and, and we were doing. So really fantastic. So let's go back to your previous film, which you did on the great awakening tour. So talk a little bit about that. So, so that one, uh, that one's uh, still available. You can watch it reawakening series.com for free. Mm -hmm. you're, um, you're in it. Yeah. You're actually in that one. Yeah. You have a, a brief moment where we talk about the separation of church and state mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, in, and how you you made the comment of how um, that we are the first country to be based off of moral law, mm -hmm. uh, and so we it, reawakening actually it's it's a lot of people you know the, it is about the reawakened tour um, and it, you know and, and Clay Clinton's kind of, Clay Clark's kind of origin story and you know General Flynn and in that but it's really not, not because it's really a, a, a clarion call out to the church really because it's like. Um, the, the, our, our, our freedoms, our liberty come from the Judeo-Christian ethic, which is really the only philosophy and belief system in the world that celebrates the individual over the group. And when you celebrate the individual over the group, um, you get liberty and all of the other belief systems, um, uh, celebrate the collective or the group over the individual. And that always leads to tyranny. And so if we, as the church don't stand up, uh, and, and fight this, then who will? Because, you know, it, it literally comes from our belief system. So it's really a challenge to uh, pastors. It's a it's a it's a trip back into history. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't use a narrator at all because I didn't want to be accused of telling people what to think. Um, we just wanted to kind of give the people the experience of waking up and like kind of exploring this going, wait, hold on a second. 2020 was weird. There was some things that happened there was just something confused but there's this this disorientation of happening of, of waking up and this experience of waking up and realizing that the world isn't what we thought it was and where do we where do we go to get back to some kind of you know solid moorings yeah and i think that you know it's, it is called reawakening and we do start with clay's clay clark's um you know why he decided to do these tour events and everything but he was like so many people in 2020 that were doing their normal day job and all of a sudden are going wait something's amiss and in our our field um or in conservatives and christians and everything there's so many people that are just now finding out some information mm -hmm and they're taking responsibility. And this is where Matt and I are talking about is we have so much hope right now. While, while we're being exposed to, you know, like you just said, our nation is being weaponized against us. There are so many people that are going, well, I'm gonna run for school board now. And there's so much stuff that's coming from all of this that we're so excited that God's doing. And so, um, it, yeah, the, the, our nation's history and foundation is in the first episode. And um, we have a historian named William Federer who takes us on that journey. We have so many amazing speakers 
Lakers. Our next episode is on medical tyranny. So while COVID, you know, was the straw that broke the camel's back, there's been medical tyranny for years. And then how that led up to the mask mandates and then into the next, uh, our third episode will be another piece on election integrity. So not what we're doing on selection code with the machine specifically, but so many people don't know how our election systems work and why we have the system of government that we do and why we need to keep our elections free and fair and that we can't be having these mail-in ballots and there's reasons for it and it's not because people are racist or they're trying to suppress voters it's because it's actually to protect your vote and then our fourth episode we'll be talking about um, some of the great reset pieces that people might may or may not be aware of and how there is the world economic forum and how there is um, a one world globalist agenda and while that sounds great of like we should be globalists and this is a global society and it's a small world, the way that they want to go about that isn't protecting people in a global society, it's to dominate people in a global society. Mm-hmm. And so if people don't know this information, we are sharing that with them, but um, we're giving them tools and resources in every documentary. And then we also, like Matt said, it's a call to the church because we have the Bible. And so many people um, that lived in biblical times, they didn't even have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have um, they didn't have access to these stories. And right now we hear people saying, well, it's like David and Goliath. I'm pretty sure that David going up against that giant, there's an army that's afraid. And here's this little guy with these five stones and goes up. You know, we, we say these things. Or, he didn't know the outcome of that story he when he stepped out on the battlefield. No, he's just being brave and courageous. You know, he didn't. We know the outcome. And so we quote it or we live at such a time as this. But uh, Esther went before the darkest king in the whole who was trying to take over the world. Just. Let's bring back, this is not a new story um, that the devil has constantly tried to take over the world and um, through through dominion. And, <laughs> and, um, and but she went before him because God was like, I'll raise up another. You think you're going to stay safe, which so many people are doing right now. I'm not going to speak up. I, I've got kids to take care of. I've got my family. I've got my my so-and-so needs me or I can't. So they have all these excuses, reasons that they don't stand up, but you know, we all need to know that God is with us. And so in the reawakening through each one, it's going to be showing, you know, the the guys that went through the fiery furnace or the lions. Because we're highlighting, we're highlighting certain people in each episode. Like in the second episode, it's going to be like Tom Wren's a little bit more. And so like his journey um, and, and uh, each one is going to be kind of, um, just talking about some of these modern day heroes that are kind of these unassuming, like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Like, um, you, you, you're, 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 you're helping save the nation. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's because if you can get to know, like, for example, Tom, you know, he's, he's just such a lovable kind of goofy guy. And, you know, and it's like, he's, but he's just, he's very self-deprecating and hilarious, but then he's just, he's such a fighter Mm -hmm. and that's, and that kind of helps give people courage when they watch these stories. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, if he can do it, surely I can. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, uh, but we're doing that from like a pay it forward kind of model, um, on that one. So if anybody wants so like kind of like the chosen, so it's like, we made the first episode available for free and if people want to help us get the second episode done, we're about halfway through the edit on that one. Um, they can they can donate or you know give or help support us by buying some gear that's available on the shop and stuff like that. 
And if we don't save this nation and we don't save the world soon, your money's not going to be worth anything anyway. So <laughs> if you donate to us and we're able to get this information out there. Yeah. Um, You're already canceling Netflix and Disney Plus. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> It's true. Well, we'll talk offline, but uh, we're bringing on a pretty neat new store. We've been building it slowly. Nice. And we'll incorporate you in it. And and just to kind of give you the theme of it, why this works in a well, all the products on the store are American made with different vendors. It's a kind of a buy direct from vendors approach, but we can get you on there. And I, I've got a call with my web guy later today. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And we'll start because I think, I think we can get your series on there, which would be really valuable. And we'll, we'll talk about the details later, but I think that's really good. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Let me ask this. You just mentioned the FBI raids, yeah. which is, it's really quite stunning to me because I think there's some good men and women in these outfits. Right. I'm not one that's going to believe that every one of them is corrupted, evil, and bad, that hasn't accepted the oath to Satan and Ball and all this other stuff. But have you had a chance to talk to anybody in the agencies that, that are involved in this to get their perspective? Are they just being obedient to rules? What do you sense is going on here? Because when you start weaponizing an agency against Americans, that is a very, very significant shift in how we do business in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, we haven't. And that's a really good idea. I probably mm-hmm. uh, I should bring that up to Laura. Um, that That's a really good point, um, because, uh, you know, all we've we've just you know, seen is that, you know, it's like Merrick Garland all of a sudden becoming very interested in Mesa County for some reason, Mm -hmm. which seems kind of like odd. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like it's this little teeny tiny red county on the western slopes of the Rockies. Like, what the heck does he care? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so and it's really kind of just showing like the importance of what Tina uncovered and then to see her getting raided. And unfortunately, like the DA there, there just seems, I mean, it's sad to, to see how I, cause you wonder like where these people are getting, especially the ones that are elected officials that could be, you know, backed by some sort of, you know, NGO with, you know, unsavory dark money that gets pumped into it and stuff like that. I, we don't know, you know, where these people are getting uh, finance or where that, I mean, the, the, the tendrils that have gone out from like people like Soros and, Lord Malik Brown and stuff like that are just really, really uh, pervasive in all of these local places. And uh, it's starting to uncover the deep state in all of our own backyards, really. And uh, and so I don't know. I mean, that's a really good point, though. I think I'm going to bring that up to Laura about that, because I, th- I agree with you. I don't think that that, uh, you know, that all of these agencies mm-hmm. are just corrupt through and through. I, they, they're, but I think one of the things and that- that's one of the things, too, that we have. I have no I have noted that there are people that are that are within even the Department of Defense or the DOJ or whatever that seem like they've been intimidated in silence. It's the same kind of thing that we're experiencing in, in the world today that you're just you're just you know, told like, hey, if you if you talk out, if you speak out, if you step out of line, you know, you're either going to be fired or you're going to be, you know, um, marginalized or deleted off of Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Right. So I think what we're also dealing with in society is um, propaganda mm-hmm. and the use of propaganda um, to condition people. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's so many people that are well intentioned that think that people that are doing this are just these conspiracy theorists that have like 
gone off the deep end and they think they're doing their job by protecting, you know, people from them. But um, even when we were doing the research on the county clerks in um, Colorado, you read their website and they are on point with the messaging of propaganda. This is the most safe, secure election ever. Um, they have all of these different mm -hmm. things. They have their talking points. They don't give you any specifics. They don't give you any details. So they, they stay vague in general. You read it and you're like, yeah, well, I mean, I read it off their website. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's the thing that Laura has been really um, helping Matt and I with is make sure you're citing your sources, get into the de details, you know, give people the information where they can go do the research. If it's safe and secure, tell us how these machines operate. Tell us, you know, once they get, once you enter your ballot, then where does it go? And then where does it go? And then where does it go? Where is it stored? Um, you know, what, what agencies are involved? These are privately funded agencies. They're all tied together. You know, like let's, let's get well, into the details and not just say these vague terms. And then people think that, that, oh, well, it must yeah, be. And, Everybody's and, repeating this. And same by saying thing. that, I think a lot of, the, you know, going back, I know we were talking about agencies before, but Joy brings up a good point that um, there's, a, there's a lot of these clerks, um, like Tina, for example, in Tina's story, like she mm -hmm. didn't, she thought that she ran her election just perfectly. Yeah. She didn't really see. Uh, any issue with the 2020 election from her standpoint in her yeah. county? Now she's she, like, there she might believed, be fraud, but not she, in my county. Right? She believed that there was there there was fraud, you know, overall. Mm -hmm. But she thought that you know, hey, we ran our 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 county fine, and we did everything by the book, and you know, and that's what a lot of these clerks believe. And uh, but they don't realize is that, and what we're uncovering in this is that it's actually the manipulations happening inside of the machine mm -hmm. via the algorithms that are helping to you know because. Um, it's really kind of the trifecta. So what I what I point out to people is that is that you've got two thousand mules and all the ballot harvesting over on one side, and then you've got Eric over here with the inflating of the voter rolls mm -hmm. um, and the kind of the digitization of all of these voter rolls and the overinflation of it, right? And so now you know, like, okay, we've got all of these ballots because you can't just stuff a ballot box and expect to win. I mean, that's gonna you know you're gonna you're going to catch that, right? Because it's like, well, there's way more ballots than there are people, right? But if they can get enough ballots in there and they're, and as soon as they're separated from that envelope, a ballot is a ballot is a ballot. You can't tell, right? Whether who, where it comes from, right? So it's quote unquote, unquote a legitimate ballot. Well, then you have your voter rolls over here that are overinflated with a bunch of dead people and people that have moved and all that other stuff, right? Or people that aren't voting, right? Mm -hmm. So like, um, people that, you know, just the homeless people uh, that have signed up, well, they're homeless not the people or people that have just gotten driver's licenses and said, okay, yeah, I'll just tick the box box to register to vote, but I'm not necessarily somebody that's actively civically engaged. Mm -hmm. So they, they track all that stuff. Well, you can't just, you can't just do that via a human. You got to have a machine in the middle that knows how to govern all of that. And that's what we were, that's what we, we uncovered in this. Uh, but not it, enough it, to raise eyebrows. Well, no, it, no, no so, right, so exactly. So I was running for political office, and Matt was the position I was trying to take, and I lost by three percent. It's not enough to raise eyebrows, no. right? But if I lost by thirty-five percent, I might question, "Whoa, that's a huge separation." Let's let's relook into this. So they it's, keep it. They keep that, the race. That's 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 the goal. Tight. The goal of the machines is to to tabulate all of these ballots, uh, match them up with the voter rolls, and to keep everything at this nice tidy forty-nine to fifty-one percent that we've seen for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what that's why it got so obvious in twenty twenty because everybody showed up at the polls, it broke the algorithm even despite all of the mail-in cheating, which is astronomical. I mean, it, it, when you think about that, it's 
blows the mind. Like, right. We have no idea. I mean, there had, there had to have been a massive turnout that we're, that they're trying to marginalize. And, uh, and so that, that's what these, this machine in, um, in Mesa County, uh, revealed was that there was a tabulator that was a, that was a, uh, in-person tabulation device. And then the other three were counting the mail-in ballots. And so, you know, you saw them trying to keep up with this, with this one, they were keeping it nice and tidy as long as they were counting just the mail-in ballots. And then as soon as in-person voting started, all of a sudden it just like, boom, it was like, and they were like, they were like trying to race to keep up. It was kind of crazy to, to, to see the graphs. But, uh, but we'll go back to Tina didn't even question it because no. she was there. Because the, whole the, thing the happened. clerks didn't know it was all happening in the machine. What internally. happened to her? And this wasn't even the presidential election. Do I have that one correct? Yeah, no, that happened. It happened on the local, on the election, local election, too. It happened on our local election. And so what? Like six months later. What happened is they do this thing called a trusted build. And again, if we go back to propaganda and the use of words, so it's a trusted build. You know, we have the Patriot Act. We have the trusted build. We have all these great sounding things. And um, she said, well, what happens to information? I'm the county clerk. I'm required by law to keep this these records for 22 months. So what's going to happen? because when they do an update just like you do an update to your phone you know on an app or something it can delete some of the information because of storage right it's just it's a storage unit we just think of it because it's in the cloud we don't actually think of it taking up space so I have if I have five couches in my house I need to get a couple out of the house and put it in a storage unit well if I have too many votes in there and we're getting ready to do another election we've got to get rid of what's in that machine to put it in a different storage unit Great, that's totally fine. Where is it going to be stored? It's not going to be stored. Well, I have to have the information. I have to do audits. I'm required by law. So she says, well, let me get somebody to come take an image. I'll do that. We'll get the image and then we'll have the after image. And then um, they weren't supposed to change and they changed drastically. And that's what we have over in Mesa mm -hmm. County is, whoa, if, if that happened here, could that have happened other places? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when it has happened in other places, they say it's user error. It's, you know, some, some human pushed the wrong button or they did the wrong thing. Well, then how often does user error happen then? Like, let's, let's, again, let's talk about the, the nitty gritty and not just say, well, it's just one county, you know, there is fraud, there's fraud. It's not widespread fraud, but let's say no, there's just fraud. Yeah, no, it's, it's been happening for decades, like I said, I mean, we, we found a we found a uh, a piece from Dan Rather in 1988 where he was talking to a guy, and this guy was saying it's not just a house without locks; it's like a house without doors. And this was back in 1988. So the implications here are pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, beyond just the idea that we haven't made a sane vote in over 50 years, this means that everybody currently in power, one way or another, has managed to bypass dominion, which doesn't bode well is what I'm getting at. So I, I'm just going to throw this out here and I'll let you comment on as you wish. But one of the all-stars right now in this time is Governor DeSantis. And I have been asking on the show time and again, yeah, how did you get in power? I'm not doubting what he's doing, but the big question is you went through dominion. So how did that happen that, you, that a good guy won? Right. And I'm not saying it's not possible. But I think that this begs some pretty big questions of what has happened here and how people got to power. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a change of conscience. doesn't mean he's not doing good things. None of that. But what was the politics to get you there? And that's really the big, uh, big question. Are you have you looked into any of that yet as to the road to the road to hell, basically? Can I speak to some of that? 
no, I, I haven't really. I mean, I, I think that uh, um, I, I don't I don't think it's illegitimate to question everything at this point, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think that that we, we owe it to ourselves, you know, to to ask those questions yep. and to to, you know, verify everything as much as we possibly can, because you know, uh, it really, it's kind of crazy, but if you think about it, the implications of this are staggering because if things are illegitimate, well, that means that laws, things that have been passed, I mean, you know, if all of a sudden a cup, I mean, we wouldn't even have to decertify the presidential election at this point, because if you just decertify a couple of Senate races, like every single thing that's happened in the last, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, then becomes moot and and has to be revisited because um and and so just that simple thing right so but if you think about it from the standpoint of like like you were saying like you know who knows i mean we 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 can we can kind of i mean there's a lot of people down in texas right now that are smelling that you know abbott isn't legitimately the winner of that primary so i, I so think, but at least not for not from a, not from a point from the standpoint of not having a, a you know a challenging runoff some of the conversations that that are being had and that brings up a great point is to question stuff and to research it and i think that um our goal is to get people to critically think and to look into things for themselves and that and that's you know we haven't researched enough but some of the conversations that have been had that we've we've surmised and everything is if they had just everybody that was you know in lockstep then that might again raise too many eyebrows so we'll let this person pass through or that mm-hmm. or which ones are the significant you know states or different things and so it would be really interesting to find out you know what and why and how come different people have passed through. But I, I really believe that one of the ones that's curious for us is um, that we believe that Donald Trump actually won in 2016. We believe that he won in 2020, but we didn't vote for him in 2016. We voted for Rand Paul in 2016 because we weren't a Trump fan at the time. Um, and so but because people actually got out and voted, my brother voted for the first time um in, in in our adult life uh people actually felt like they had somebody to get behind so matt and i you know we've been in, involved in politics you know forever so we went and did our research and we said well we, we we line up with rand and we're gonna go and vote for him and all that kind of stuff but um but we found there's a large swath of americans that felt like they had a candidate to vote for so we think that they this is what we think we haven't went through the whole process of verifying this right now we think that they cheated in 2016 they thought they were going to win and that's why they doubled down so hard in 2020 and they still thought you know they were going to get away with everything but it so many people actually in 2020 showed up to vote in person and that was the thing that screwed everything up so we still want people to get out and vote just mm-hmm. because somebody's doing the wrong thing. That doesn't negate that we should do the right thing. You it's, know, it's we, the people that are breaking the algorithm. Cause it, well, like, like we, one of the interviews that you talked to, to, to your point in, in, um, Florida actually, um, cause Florida has been a cesspool of voting irregularities for years. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. And so, um, but, uh, um, one of the interviews uh, that we uh, that we conducted was um, a guy by the name of Clint Curtis. Have you ever heard of Clint Curtis? Not right offhand, no. Okay, so Clint Curtis. Um, it's been kind of interesting because I didn't know 
who he was prior to this project, but um, all of a sudden the trailer came out and I'm getting, I'm getting calls from other, you know, podcasters that we've met and done interviews with. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you got Clint Curtis in there. Like, Holy crap. Like I thought he was like, you know, hiding, you know? And, um, but he <laughs> um, actually uh, testified in 2004. Yes. It was December of 2004. So it was right after um and a lot of people don't re realize this because again the news cycle just kind of brainwashes you right and you don't you don't you don't remember some of these things but there was a lot of dispute by the democrats um uh, on bush's win in ohio mm -hmm. um and and diebold and all of that sort of stuff that was happening at that time and you know um and i have my questions about it too now you know having done the research right but Clint Curtis actually testified in front of a in front of a congressional hearing that included both Maxine Waters and Jerry Nadler. And we have this on tape where he said and he was asked, um, you know, uh, and he's a pro computer programmer and he was asked um, and he testified that he was asked in the year 2000 by the GOP Speaker of the House mm -hmm. of Florida to create a code that where they could flip votes in a machine and and so and could he you? Well, no, well, and they asked him well no he did he actually created he a code but, didn't they but he thought it from the standpoint he was doing it from like kind of a reconnaissance kind of a thing where it's like okay is this possible what do we need to be watching out for and so he presented his report and they were like oh no you don't understand we actually want to be able to do this and he was like and and it, and it bothered him so much that he became a democrat <laughs> um uh, instead of being a Republican um, and and testified in front of this hearing in 2004 that it was possible. And one of the most remarkable parts of that hearing um, was that when they asked him, could you actually see the code? Could you actually find the code? And he said, yes, but you would have to get in there before they do an update. Interesting. And that's what that's what the power of what Tina did was that she I was actually able to get a forensic copy of that uh server for analysis prior to an update and that's the only reason why we know otherwise we wouldn't that's pretty amazing yeah you just as a side note you may want to talk to patrick Byrne. i we we were just in a we were just at a thing with patrick um and, and yeah um he in the interview he did with me he revealed that they had established that there was a counter hack done in 2016. yeah i i've, I've heard that as well and they've established that yeah they did Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, according to him, my point of this is it's not to, to push the illegitimacy issue. It's the point that we're in a, we've been in a, a war here very viscerally, uh, especially since 2016. I would argue 20, 2008 is when it officially really kicked off in the intensity. I think if we dig I would agree. pretty deep into Obama's numbers and even his rallies, most of that was mm -hmm. paid for people. Uh, at the rallies and a large percentage of, we just never imagined anything like this, right? Right. But there's obviously the this kind of uh, a cyber hot war was pretty much launched in 2016, so it appears. And I think that that kind of starts to lay the groundwork of where the intensity and visceral hatred for him comes from because this was the disruption of what you say is the Holy Grail, which was the control of the superpower of the world by outside right. actors, which is in itself very profound. Have you had any run-ins with the FBI or others trying to stop your work? You've, you've managed to do a, a pretty amazing job of keeping this moving without having your door blown open. As I'm looking back, you're going, what? I wonder if we're going to get a knock right now, but I'm just kidding. But anyway, go ahead. 
We, uh, we, we, <laughs> That's we, a real concern. We personally, we personally have not. We have not, um, and I, I, we're not a hundred percent sure why. And um, and it is definitely something we've had talks with our family about and everything. Um, I I don't know what that may or may not look like in the future, but our concern isn't um, for our own our own. Uh, protection so much is that people need to have this information we're not doing anything that's illegal we're not doing anything that's wrong um we're just questioning some stuff we're we're looking into and researching things and all, and all so, the information is readily available it's all readily available anybody can find it that kind of thing um but yeah i think that is something that we've had very upfront conversations with everybody about of if if something were to happen you know this is why I said, you know, if I ever all of a sudden commit suicide, I am, I am not, uh, I'm not depressed. Yeah, no. <laughs> if I, what, what, who was the guy that, that hung himself and shot himself with a shotgun yeah, in the chest? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah that's wow. impressive. Yeah. That guy, that guy really wanted to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was another one I came across where he used a single shot bolt action rifle and shot himself twice in the head. I'm like, huh. That's impressive. Really yeah, really, Twice. Really impressive. He's like, oh, wrong <laughs> He did one left-handed and right-handed because he's cool. That's pretty tough. <laughs> so how did you how did you link up with Mike Lindell on this project? I mean, that, that how did that whole team come together? Because you were coming off of the Great Awakening. And this is this selection code is outside of your Great Awakening films. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Yeah, the Reawakening series is a separate one. Um, we got a phone call from somebody that we really respect and said, hey, we've got some information. Would you guys be willing to to hop on the project? And yep. um, like Matt said, it was just it was just to start, you know, let's let's do this interview. Let's find out her information. Let's get it out there. It was another production company that didn't have time mm -hmm. uh, to uh, to to uh, do the project because they had other things. But mm -hmm. so they they uh, they called us up and they said, hey, would you you know be interested in, in taking this on? Um, and so we had already uh, made connections uh, with with Mike mm -hmm. um, uh, through Clay. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually interviewed him uh, back uh, in Anaheim, actually when we when we met you. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, and so we kind of knew him loosely. Um, he didn't quite remember who we were uh, in, in, until we started working on this with him. Um, but but think, that's kind of how that whole thing, and that's how we we met Laura. And um, the the interesting thing is, and I just love Mike Lindell's humility. And for anybody mm -hmm. that um, doesn't know him, he is just such a brilliant human being. I was on a phone call listening to him ask questions the other day, and I was like, that was such a good question, and that was another good question. But he he helped to fund the project and said, here's you know what do you guys need to to go film? What do you need for that kind of stuff? But he hasn't been a part of the process. He's really trying trusting Laura's um, investigative journalistic skills to tell the story. So it's yeah. really her her thing. And then Matt is putting all the components together and taking his directing skills and um, working very closely with her on making sure that we dot our I's, we cross our T's, and I'm helping with get some of the research and components in place and everything. But Mike, Mike was just like, we need to tell the truth. And if the truth shows that there's no fraud and the truth shows this, you know, then that's what the truth is. But we have to show the truth. And so he's just said, you know, this is what I want to do is um, help our 
help our nation and help our world. And um, yeah, he's really been hands off. It's been it's, it's, it's been pretty amazing and, and very humbling to be trusted by somebody like that. Yeah, because a lot of times people with money, um, they want to they want to throw their weight around and their power around and they're, you know, this is, well, this is my project and I'll take the funds away. And I think that's also where we've gotten it to where we're at in our state, you know, is that people are tied to money. Some of our gov- governors, you know, they, they, they've taken money that comes with strings, you know, our, our, what do you call it? Uh, chambers of commerce have taken money that comes with strings and we have they're the worst, by the way, it, the it's just been awful to watch. You know, and so the fact that he's just like, whatever you guys need to go out and, and look into this, I'm I'm here to help with that. That's pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you sent me a picture earlier, pretty nice picture. You were in the room with uh, Mike Lindell and President Trump. Yeah. Not wearing a tie, the, the no tie Trump. Right, the is, no tie Trump. <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, there's three Trumps out there right now. There's the red tie, blue tie, and the no tie Trump. So we're not, I don't know. <laughs> you can imagine what that's doing on certain sides of the movement, like, Comms, comms. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, how, how did that meeting go? Uh, oh, it was extraordinary. I mean, it's just, it's the second time that I've actually been in the same room with him um, because uh, we got to interview him for our other documentary called The Trump I Know, um, which is now available on Epic TV for those mm-hmm. that, uh, that that uh, subscribe to that. If you haven't subscribed to Epic TV, it's worth it. It's a dollar um, for two months. It's a dollar for two months. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, anyway, but they, um, but yeah, so we, uh, we were invited um, for a private audience uh, with the president with about 45 other people uh, in regards to the film. And then also um, just uh, the, you know, there's a lot of people, lawyers, um, different uh, cyber analysis, analy- analysts and that things like that. That was interesting too, because he's watching, you know, he watched a trailer and he watched some of the stuff and he... He's got this gentleman there that I'm assuming is a lawyer. He's like, I need you to look into that. I need you to look into that. I need you. So he's not even taking it at face value, you know, which I thought was so great. He's not like, oh, well, then everything's good. He's Mm -hmm. like, make sure that we're verifying this information. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was really cool. Yep. And so he's uh, but he, he, you know, whenever I'm around him, I'm always just really impressed um, by his. I I, I see him as a a real. you know, a lot of people comment on like, oh, he's so arrogant. And actually, I, I, I've always experienced the opposite. I think he's actually very humble. I think he, he knows who he is in the room. He happens to be the most powerful and most influential person on the planet right now. Um, but, um, but he really is that under control. Like, I, you know, there's, there's so many people, I'm, you know, like when we were interviewing him for uh, the, the Trump, I know when he walked in the room, he was like, He's like, oh, well, what's happening here? And, and Laura was supposed to be with them and escorting Laura him. Trump. Laura, Laura Trump was supposed to be with him and escorting him he's in and kind of like Lars. briefing him. And he walked in with about 20 other people and he's like, oh, this is an interview. What are we doing? And he's looking at me and the rest of my team is looking at me. And I'm like, uh, well, uh, we're doing this interview. You know, we're, I explained the documentary to him and I'm just kind of like just rattling on and uh, and everything and all the producers are just looking at me you know and i and i'm just kind of just talking to the president and then all of a sudden like oh and uh, laura walks in behind me i'm like here's laura you know and handing him off and uh to, to her and uh and and in that moment he was like i really don't have time for this like and you could kind of tell something had come up because we were originally supposed to be with them for about 45 minutes to an hour and she was supposed to bring him down and we were supposed to do this you know interview with him and uh and she was like uh she was like you know hey can you just give us like 10 15 minutes you know, and she and he said, 
Okay, so he, he stepped down, he tied his shoe, he dabbed his face, he sat down and said, where's my camera? And gave us this great little 15 minute interview, most of which is in the film. And, um, and what I saw there was just really extraordinary because you know, when, when, you're, when you're standing in front of the most powerful man on the planet and he doesn't know why he's standing there looking at you, you're going like, this could go really bad. Like this could go really bad. <laughs> And, and, you know, I just imagined what it would have been like to, you know, with some of the stories that you hear about, like Bush or, or Obama or Clinton, you know, like, and, and how they were, they were, off, or, yeah, or, or Hillary, but often, you know, they were, they were different people, you know, yeah, um, off camera. camera than they were um, in, in front of people, um, you but know, and when, when you watch, when you family, watch, they're the same. Yeah. When you watch the, when, our experience with the whole Trump family is they're exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I, and I saw the exact same person. Um, you know, a couple of days ago when we were there, mm -hmm. uh, as I and did, no as, as I did, yeah, and there was no cameras, you know what I mean? It's just, it was the same person. And mm -hmm. so it's just really remarkable to watch, mm -hmm. um, and just, and to, um, and really humbling and honoring to, to be, you know, counted among the people that even Mike, and again, Mike Lindell, that Mike Lindell trusts, mm -hmm. you know, to bring this story forward and, and to, uh, and to, um, to help him. And in his quest to get rid of the machines and to get us back to verified paper ballots that are surveilled by the local precincts. That's really fantastic. That was the surprise for me, to be honest, when I interviewed him. And I, and I, I will tell you, it's probably one of the best interviews I've done with Mike. And I'm mean, not just with Mike, but overall. And so much because. Wow. We just had a fantastic conversation about the real tangible elements of hope, which I think we miss a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of the rhetoric of vote, 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 which I am, I absolutely trash on my show because for all the reasons you've pointed out here on the voting machines, it's like, we have to be, we have to start looking at this very differently. We have to get on the ground. We have to change our lives. We have to, as you've probably heard my seven pillars of county by county, these are principles of getting God back in our life, taking accountability, taking our sovereignty back the vote is not going to be enough. Yeah. What Mike really delivered in the piece was the actions that he was doing to bring the paper balloting back into the system. And when you hear that there's 140 counties that have already swayed, swung through that way, that's tangible hope right there, right? That That's an, that's an honest, like we're making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. To, and to his credit, and again, as, a, as I always say, there's this level of influence or this far beyond my level or your level that's the Lindell and the, and the, the Trump and the, and the Flynn's there is a, uh, there's a really essential responsibility that I think that they have of making sure you're connected to the trenches and where Mike differs, I think from everybody is that he's that way. He's literally, he's touching the person who's buying his pillow and he's talking to the heads of state. Yep. I mean, that, that sort of bridge is pretty phenomenal. Is it, do you have that same experience? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. It's, it's, it, he he again is talking about the same guy that's you know mm -hmm. the, the same you know he's the same on his commercials as he is standing there in front of you. Really, you know what I mean? Like he's just that person, um, and uh, he's. I mean, and I mean, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a more authentic person to be a part of doing this. He really cares. He's willing to put all of his. I mean, just like just like this Declaration of Independence, right? It's like his reputation, his honor, his yeah. fortunes, like everything. He's just willing to just lay it all out there, yeah. and you can't help but want to follow somebody like that. 
And uh, and again, like you said, I mean, it's really a message of hope. It's it's actually uh, Spiro Pictures, the name of our company. Uh, Spiro hope. means to hope in Latin, and and we named it that you know f- 15 years ago mm-hmm. um, because uh, we want to be about bringing hope and joy, uh, and joy. to the. Uh, to the to the world and um and nice. and we know that we know that ultimately god wins and so yeah. we know the end of the story yeah and uh we might not know how it all happens we might not how it all happens and and god has a tendency to to come in at the 11th hour and split the red sea open and all of a sudden it's like holy crap we didn't see that one coming um but <laughs> this is interesting right yeah. um but um but i but i believe and I, especially today i think today you know with roe v wade getting overturned uh, was such a massive, a massive day. And I, and I don't think people understand the implications of it, but yeah, I said recently, you, yeah, share a little bit about that because I, that was, that was curious because <clears throat> when they did Roe v. Wade and they overturned it, it goes back to the States. Right. So nothing has, nothing has changed essentially. So if your state allowed it at this point or that point, that's already happened. Right. Right. But the significant, well, the thing, significant of it was the fact that our country uh, in front of heaven and the world mm-hmm. declared that life uh, is important. And also that, uh, the proper, uh, the proper, um, flow of authority and heaven honors both of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that this is a watershed moment, not only physically, but spiritually. I think that this is going to be a moment where, you know, I believe that God has been honoring our, our, our the, the, the contract and the covenants with our forefathers and our, and our founding fathers. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, that he has understood two things. He's understood that, um, that a lot of America has been coerced into a slumber and to a stupor um, based off of propaganda. And mm-hmm. so it's like it's hard to it's hard to judge a people that, you know, have been duped into thinking the way that they've been thinking. So, you know, and many people are starting to wake up uh, and, and, do, and to that. But then the other thing is that they um, um, what was it? there's there was that. And then um, he uh, he also sees that in 2020, he knows who won. And he knows that, you know, we, the people spoke and he understands the authority structure. He understands that authority structure. And I really believe that he knows that a majority of the country wants this country back on the right track. And so he honors that. And so I believe that this Roe v. Wade moment, especially because I believe it's linked to, you know, human sacrifice and everything else. I think that, you know, it's actually going to. Uh, rest, it, 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 we're going to see God move in, in, in a way that Heal we've been, never seen before. Right. And it's going to be absolutely astronomical to watch how many more people wake up, how many more things happen, how he's going to intervene. It's going to be just, I think it's a watershed moment today. I, I fully agree. No, I, I think, and we felt a lot of that at Bards Fest yeah. with, uh, when we did the repentance as a group. And actually, I don't know if you were there at the end, but we did a final prayer at the end and it literally in a blue sky had a rainbow rupture right above us. So it's pretty powerful. Yep. Yeah. We were there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We were there. So when does the film, when does this next film come out? Selection code, when does it release? Selection code will be out August 20th. And if you go to selectioncode.com right now, uh, anybody that goes there, they can sign up for email updates and everything. And then it'll come out. There's going to be an event that happens in Missouri. And then um, there'll be some influencers and podcasters and stuff that will be there. Um, And then two days later, then people will be emailed the link to download straight to whatever they want to download it to. Keep a copy for yourself. It will all be free. 
Um, this is not to be, you know, this isn't to gain money from anybody. This is to get information in people's hands and have them start doing their own research. And, and what we're hoping is that people will download it and then re-upload it to their channels. I mean, we want this thing to go like super viral. Mm -hmm. We want this thing to be just dissem Share it with everybody. Yep, disseminated from every single portal that we can get it to so that they, so that the deep state isn't able to shut it down. Yep. And then there'll be calls to action of what people can do mm -hmm. so they can eliminate the the machines in their precincts. Yeah, they're working on it. It's work. There's several things that are being coordinated. And that was one of the parts about the meeting. We can't go into a lot of details right now, but uh, a lot of things are being coordinated uh, to where there's going to be uh, calls for action uh, and calls to action. And people are actually going to know what to do. And, and, and not only what they can do personally, but then also what is happening behind the scenes uh, with some of these other actions that other people are taking and things like that so it's like i said we can't go into a lot of details right now but those details will be forthcoming and and several of those details will be um will actually be um announced um at the event where the film is released that's fantastic well this has been a great interview love to get you back on especially afterwards yeah i may end up being at that event in missouri so we'll see awesome that'd so, be great um, that'd be good but we'll get you back on as soon as the film is back out. And then also keep us up, keep me updated. And, and you can reach out to Hannah on the other films you're doing. Really want to talk about. And then we also had to talk about getting your stuff on the store. So lots yeah. of things to deal with here in the, in the kind yeah. We always close with a prayer. And if it's okay, I'll close with a prayer. Yeah. Please do. Love it. Father, we just bless you for this time we've had here. Once again, as we continue to find these amazing moments of hope that you bring to us and this, another empowered voices here that are bringing truth um, to, to the world. And we're just blessed with all that um, Matt and Joy are doing to, to help continue to pursue the truth and bringing hope and light to people's lives. Father, we are just blessed on this day as well, just the incredible uh, news that we've had on Roe versus Wade and just what a blessing that is for the nation to preserve life. We just ask that we continue to pursue that in our preservation, not only of life, but of liberty and all that the blessings that you've given us as our sovereign rights in this nation. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, guys, thank you very much. What a great interview. Um, just really enjoy talking with you. It's been nice to see you too. So we'll, we'll I'll be in touch and let's uh, stay in touch. Yeah. So if you pencil in August 20th, um, I'm, I'm going to share with Mike that, you know, anybody and everybody that we think would be great to have there. He might have already mentioned and it. And if he too, hasn't so. already, you know, we'll make sure that you're on a list and stuff. So pencil it in on your calendar and then we'll get to hang out with you in person. Sounds good. I look forward to it. All right, guys. So have a blessed day. Thank right. you. Thank you later, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye now. Well, Patriots, that was Matt and Joy Thayer. What an amazing couple. I just Their, their passion and, and their love for each other just comes out in that whole interview. It's just one of those fun interviews you get to do once in a while. And they do great work, too. Matt's photography is fantastic. His editing, their production, their whole production arrangement is just, they just do great work. So when it comes out, it's sounding like I'm probably going to be at that event. So that means, oh, wait a minute. That would mean Bard's Nation gets inside track on the film. Okay, get ready, because we got to spread this thing like crazy. And, and spread it well far and wide this is the sort of thing like you you have a, a party over for all your liberal friends and you say look i want to make amends we have a very important film to watch together and this is going to help us create a deeper and closer bond and then you just lock the doors lock them in the room and turn the thing on don't let them out until it's done <laughs>
anyway, this is going to be a good film for everybody to see. And it, with Laura Logan behind it, it's going to be extremely well researched and grounded in exceptional journalism. I've the one comment I'll make is that in this time, and I've worked with a number of big name journalists, and I can't tell you that I have much respect for any of them. Laura Logan has stood out over time as probably the only mainstream journalist I have a lot of respect for. She's taken a lot of risks. She does hard-hitting stories, and she's held to her ethics all the way through and it, and at certain risk and cost to her professional career, but she's a great voice. So the, all this thing coming together is a great team, and it should be a wonderful product. Now, tomorrow night and the night after, two different one-hour interviews it's like a two-part interview with Juan O'Savin, and you're going to hear some more details about the current state of things and election 2020 and what they're doing to correct it. I can't stress enough, we have got to fix 2020 before we start jumping forward into 2022. And you know how I feel about the rhetoric about out here, and I've said it many times, and about this stuff about go vote, go vote. It's I get the action, I get the intent, but if we don't fix 2020, we've got nothing, nothing. We are just going to charge forward and let these mafioso criminal cabal run our country and we'll never get it back. This is our window between now and November, and we've got to put a stop to 2022 until we get 2020 fixed. That's going to be a real push, and it's going to be very demanding. And from what I understand, the things that are coming out this summer and in the next 90 days – I'm told it's going to make us all mad. It's going to be hard to imagine how we can get madder than we already are, but we'll see. Never know. Patriots, thank you. It was a great evening. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Next up up in the next 10 minutes is going to be Kilted Christian. You might check that show out over there. Duncan's going to have a good show tonight. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Patriots, we are... In a time, we need a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers for this nation, a lot of prayers with God, and a prayer to bring a lot of people to God. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. And remember, we are at war. See you tonight for Fishers. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants, 
No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 